good scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being with me. Got a great guest for you guys tonight. Um, we talk about a lot of times in this space about uh, elections. We talk about the elections being rigged. We talk about them uh, being slanted, being bought, being uh, misincentivized, all these different things. Um, and when we talk about the actual voting machines, how things are conducted, there's a number of different ways and ideas that people have uh, thought of, I guess, to correct that, uh, to go either low tech and go you know backwards in time, or to possibly take a gigantic step and change things altogether. Um, my my guest tonight is a man that is doing just that. He is he's taking it on. Uh, he is a former SpaceX employee, uh, which we'll get into a little bit tonight. But he is the creator and soon to be released. Uh, I guess author, if you will, of a new type of voting system called TrueVote that is based in Bitcoin and the the energy blockchain that you guys have been you know coming to know through this show and other shows out there. Uh, his name is Brett Morrison. I'd like you to welcome to the show, Brett. How are you, sir? Great, Shane. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, I am excited to have you here. There are not many people that have the intelligence. Um, the, the wherewithal, the time, the effort and everything else that it takes to approach something like changing the entire voting system and not by like a little bit, we're not going backwards. We're not going back to paper or it's not analog. It's something that is even more, I guess, um, secure than digital with true vote. But before we get into all of all of what true vote is i gotta have you kind of introduce yourself i mean i, I caught it's very serendipitous that you were on cafe bitcoin this morning um I, I caught that you were uh part of spacex at one time and you've got kind of a, a history in this um space of being involved in i guess some pretty serious projects so can can you give us a little bit of history on uh where you come from and all that Sure. Have we, how long is the podcast? Like 10 hours? It's been a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, highlights, right? Right. I mean, I think uh, Joe Rogan and Lex, Lex Friedman are, uh, are pushing the boundaries of like long, the long podcast length. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but oh, there's yeah. some long ones. Um, I'll try and keep it semi-brief. Uh, uh, I had a natural kind of affinity towards computers when I was young, and I, I just... I just really enjoyed them. And I, uh, I realized it was my passion when I was in college. I actually entered a college. I wanted to be an air force pilot and I had seen the movie top gun in 1986. And I was, I that was it. I wanted to be in top gun school in San Diego and, uh, and well, air force, but I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a, a, a military aviator. And my vision wasn't 2020. And back then, uh, you weren't permitted to correct your uh, vision via surgery or anything else. Yeah. You had to have natural 2020 vision. So I, uh, I, I couldn't be a pilot uh, after my first year. And I realized that. So I thought, all right, what am I going to do? And I was still in school and I started taking computer science classes. And I just, um, I had dabbled in it as a kid. I did some assembly in basic when I was a teenager and I realized I really loved it and I was really good at it. And I ended up tutoring my uh, fellow students 
and I uh, got an on-campus job working on the information systems, which were written in COBOL. You know, so what, what I, year is this? Uh, this was uh, this was eighty-seven. Oh wow! Okay, right yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So I've been programming for a long time, and I just love it. I just I I, I tell people it's kind of like writing, and writers want to write, and programmers want to code, and 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 that's just what I love, and what I, what I've always enjoyed, and I'm going to keep doing it until I can't. Uh, which is, you know, for a long time still. So, uh, I've so I ended up getting a computer science uh, degree and a and a management information systems degree, a dual degree from uh, University of Arizona, which at the time was a top ten computer science school. Um, and I just had a lot of energy and uh, and fight in me to just write as much software as I could. And and I and I because I I got that taste of being able to write something that people use, and and I really love that feeling of being able to create something and then have people use it right away. So, and then when the internet came in the mid nineties, it was like, okay, there's an audience that's, that's just there waiting for you. You don't have to sell your software. Cause I had started an enterprise software. And once the internet came, I thought, okay, unless it's on the internet, it's not worth doing. And that led to, you know, some other jobs. I started a photo sharing company in 98 that was ahead of its time. Digital cameras hadn't really taken off yet. Uh, mobile photography certainly wasn't uh, in, on the horizon, not until the iPhone really in 2007. Yeah. So uh, I was a little early in photo sharing, but it was certainly something I saw that people would be doing. Who would have known that that's, that's all people do on the internet pretty much is, is There's entire photos. apps written around it. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone does. Like in the second I said that there's been a billion photos shared worldwide. So it's unbelievable that like how, how, how that ended up becoming such a big part of our culture and our life. Um, so I had a, I, I've had a really interesting career building software. I started an e-commerce company in 2003 that I had for 11 years that at our peak, we had 250 employees and wow. we processed over a billion dollars worth of uh, revenue through software that I wrote for e-commerce. So pre Shopify, pre Squarespace, uh, I had, I had to handwrite everything. So uh, we did brands for clothing brands, mostly like Lululemon and True Religion and Von Dutch and John Vervedos. A lot of great brands came through. We did full service e-commerce. So not just software, but fulfillment, photography, marketing, uh, inventory, returns, all of that uh, in a one-stop company. And uh, after, after I exited that company, I decided uh, what's next. And I did another music startup and then that didn't really work out. I wasn't a founder. I was kind of a, just the CTO. Um, and then, then I started looking around and I saw what SpaceX was doing and I thought, I want to, I want to help Elon Musk get to Mars. And so at the time there was a the perfect job for me. It had, I had all the skills needed to uh, meet that job requisition. And I, and I met it and I interviewed with Elon and uh, that was in 2015 and SpaceX hadn't yet landed a rocket. And I was, ha I was fortunate to be there uh, w when we landed our first rocket in December, 2015. Um, and I led a, I led the enterprise team uh, at SpaceX for building the software that the whole company runs uh, to manufacture the rockets. And uh, I learned, I learned there uh, just rocket science level of software, uh, complexity and test testing suites and just all sorts of rigorous controls around uh, quality of software that uh, that I hadn't seen before. So that really led into 
okay, what next? And I looked at, I looked at voting and, uh, and just jumping back a little bit in 2011, I discovered Bitcoin and, you know, I didn't think much of it as, as a lot of people didn't when they first saw it, but I, I definitely saw the potential, uh, you know, and I've always said this, I've never saw, I never saw Bitcoin as an investment. I always saw it as freedom from fiat currency tyranny. That's always the way I looked at Bitcoin. And that's still obviously the way I look at it now more than ever. Now that, you know, there's so much more knowledge out there than when you first start in Bitcoin, you know, you go down the rabbit hole and then the rabbit hole just gets bigger. Right. So <laughs> more sh- more offshoots. I mean, and that's I, I agree with you. I, I looked at it, you know, way back in the day and I was like, what? Something I can't touch, something that seems very ephemeral and just very I mean, so so distant and so, I don't know, divorced from everything that I knew was valuable at the time. Right. And and, and I really wasn't an Austrian, you know, into Austrian economics or anything at the time. So I agree with you. At first, I looked at it as like, well, well, you know, what is this? But that this is kind of what I guess you've you've kind of tailored this on the no kidding Bitcoin blockchain in terms of a an archetype for, you know, this this type of platform i guess yeah you know i um i look at bitcoin as this immutable force for good that satoshi gifted the universe and um i i see it as the the most important invention since the internet and i always i've always just been blown away by the internet because i was around pre-internet and i remember what things were like and it was really hard to get information and today the internet has just opened up the entire world and it, it's much more transparent now you can see what's happening you know where people you know going into politics looking at politics you see where your congressman is voting what are they voting on what is your senator voting on that stuff was kind of hard to get pre-internet how did you know you went to the library you there was there was no real way to know what's happening outside your own myopic world your grandmother went to the encyclopedias in the in the house and looked up something that had been printed approved by yeah. probably you know state funded resources and everything else and you got the answer from her Yep. And we all take the internet for granted now. Uh, I don't, you know, because I, because I remember a word pre-internet, but um, you know, and and that's a good thing that we take it for granted. I like that. That means that it's working, you know, it's like, it should be uh, seamless seamless. jinx. (laughs) Yeah. It should, (laughs) it should really be easy for people to get that information. And, and, and it's amazing to think of a world pre-internet, but it did exist. So uh, it's just, it's just so inspiring. And so, then you look at, okay, well, what are people doing on the internet? And we're pretty much doing everything on the internet except voting. So uh, I thought we have to be able to vote on our phones. It's just absurd that really voting hasn't changed in the last 50, 100 years. I mean, mail-in voting is, it's still paper. You still color in ovals. You put it in an envelope, you drop it off. That's not innovation whatsoever. Oh, Scantron. Um, that's what we were. That's what I was doing as a child in the 1980s, filling out, you know, my first, you know, I guess government indoctrination test. You know, and that like yep. to think that that's the way we're still conducting some part of, uh, you know, the quote unquote, you know, constitutional republic is it's crazy to me. Like the the whole the whole thing. So was that your was that the impetus in terms of? looking at this from a technology base or was this something that you looked at and said, Hey, listen, you know, we've got some major issues obviously here in the United States, uh, with, with integrity of elections and everything else, or was it, was it the actual, the, the technology behind voting that was kind of the, the driving factor here? Yeah, I just saw, I just saw it as a, uh, as a 
gap in progress. I mean, just knowing all that we can do on our phones, when it, whether it's banking, uh, dating apps, or you know, just <laughs> net networking, Twitter, all the things that we do and love. Um, I just saw voting. Why isn't voting on the internet yet? And 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 you know, I, it just it just occurred to me. Elon Musk had a similar uh, realization when he said, "Why aren't we at Mars yet?" You know, and he—that's—that's that's one of the reasons he started SpaceX was because he thought, "Why isn't this happening yet?" So, I mean, uh, why isn't voting happening yet? And the reason is, it's because it's hard and complicated, and nobody's really tried. So, I look at Bitcoin and I see this is a way where uh, I could prove. So, so my white paper describes in detail how it works, but to distill it simply. Uh, Basically, I take all the ballot data that users will be submitting on their phones and I hash it against the Bitcoin blockchain using uh, open timestamps, which was written by a core developer named Peter Todd. And that hash is then stored in our system, but it shows that it the data that built that hash was this was of this state at this time during the during Bitcoin's block height. And once you uh, hash that. If the data were to change, then the hash wouldn't uh, work anymore. And so you could see, oh, the data was changed. So this proves that no one is tampering with your ballot because um, it's against the Bitcoin blockchain, which is you know validated by thousands and thousands of nodes across the world. Yeah. Um, no, so it's a quite quite an elegant way of uh, proving that a, a database isn't corrupted. Yeah. So when, when, when you talk about this and I think, you know, you say a lot very quickly, um, and a lot of people may not be obviously as tech savvy, um, open source for anybody and everybody that's out there. If you don't know what open source code is, open source code is a code that is a, a, something that you can look at. There is, there's no real IP protecting it. It is something that, uh, you know, if somebody else wanted to try to reproduce it, then great. You could reproduce it. Not no problem. Somebody else could go out, say in a different country and take that, you know, quote unquote IP and then reproduce it for that country and probably run their own voting system. Um, you talk about you know hashing on um, on the, the the Bitcoin blockchain so that when you're taking all of this information, you have something that is no kidding time stamped for a date, a time, a transaction on something that is immutable, that is decentralized, that doesn't have rulers. And that's this is something that's really important for, I think, a lot of people that may not be as technically savvy as you are, which, let's face it, um, you're you're probably in that 0.01% in terms of people that have, you know, worked in, in you know, coding and, you know, uh, some of the areas you've worked in. So for us to kind of, you know, come back in here to <laughs> the guys that are, you know, still using uh, their, their thumbs. I can, you know, I talk about, you know, dirt monkeys and all that other kind of stuff, right? Like we, <laughs> we, we there, the expertise that you have in this area uh, is, is probably, you know, second to very few, if any. And so um, when, when you're doing this, you're not even building on, and, and this is, this is, I think where some people would have contention is like, we talk about Bitcoin being a layered type of technology where, you know, Bitcoin will be the base, Lightning will be a, a layer on top of that, and then we'll continue to build just like we did with TCP IP and the internet. Um, you're actually using the native uh, Bitcoin, uh, you know, chain there. And, mm -hmm. and we I heard a little bit earlier, um, you know, talking about this is like, 
some people are going well, like, well, how are you going to record, you know, millions of votes somewhere? And um, I guess probably around 150 million for the the big elections at like president or something. How are you going to do that uh, if if you know it's on the very limited Bitcoin blockchain? So you you explained it beautifully earlier. I'd hope you maybe entertain me here. Oh, super easy. I mean, it's the same thing that you know if you think about billions of tweets in a day. Right. Like that's a lot of data, but it, it really uh, the size of the data is not that big. It's not like billions of YouTube videos that really take up terabytes of storage and petabytes of storage where uh, you need gigantic uh, server farms. It's just as much data as a, a tweet, really. And what I do is I take all that data as it's coming in and hash it, which means I take the data and I encrypt it into a string. Um, and then I take all those strings and then encrypt those into a single string and I store that. I don't store it on the Bitcoin blockchain. I just hash that against the Bitcoin blockchain and that's it. So it's it's literally a string of about 32 characters. And I actually wrote a blog post on this. It's on our website, exactly how it works. And it takes that string, hashes it against the Bitcoin blockchain. And then you know that you can't you can't reverse the data from that hash. You can only go one way. So you can take all the data, hash it again. And if you don't get that same exact hash, then that means the data was changed. Yeah. Now when we, so for, for your, for your application, when we talk about voting that we have now, one thing that infuriates me is like, man, voting is, you know, you'll, you'll hear the pundits at least like it's not rigged. It's secure. Right. But nobody quantifies this. And somebody who comes from SpaceX, um, when we talk about quantifying different things in aerospace or any of those things, what we're talking about is measurable deviations and things like that, which for uh, Bitcoin, you know, it's either yes, it works or no, it doesn't. It's that, that Venn diagram or not Venn diagram, but the, uh, the, 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 what is it? Euler diagram where if, if yes, then no. And if, if, if no, then this, right. And so if you're looking at this as you have a 100% guarantee that nothing is off in terms of a vote cast or 150 million votes cast for this application, it's not, you know, going to be off by 0.01 whatever percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's digital information. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, to give you a simple example, look at like your Twitter account, like how many tweets you have. Yeah. That number is accurate. Same thing, same thing with votes. So we're, we'll run an aggregate query and we'll sum up the votes for each candidate. And then you'll have a, a pie chart of, you know, who won and it, and it can happen in real time during the election. If, the jurisdiction wants that, or we release the numbers at a certain time, like let's say 9 p.m., uh, you, 9 p.m., whatever time zone the election closes, boom, at that moment, you could release the the total counts. Um, so everyone has a, everyone has their wants and needs in all these different jurisdictions, uh, their cities, states, counties, uh, national, they all have different wants and needs, and there's there's going to be election configurator, which lets you choose those types of options on what type of election you want to run, whether it's uh, traditional or if it's ranked stacked ranked voting. Um, all that's going to be available in a in an election configurator. Yeah, like uh, rank choice. Uh, there's called star voting. There's you know these, these different types of configuration per their you know the, the localities and their law uh, comes down to the state a lot of times. Um, have you been approached by any municipalities or any type of uh, 
uh, I guess, government figures that may be interested in this type of technology? Yeah, uh, we, I have uh, outside the U.S. actually. Uh, so there's some interest. I've I've had a few calls with some different nations already. Um, and I and and I should say I'm building this multilingual right out of the gate. So uh, I'm not building. This isn't a U.S. centric venture. Uh, I want to build this for the world. It's open source, multilingual, right out of the gate. And you know, things have taken. There there are examples of U.S. companies that have built products that have taken off in other parts of the world before they take off in the US. So um, there's a lot of opportunity for elections. I mean, their elections are everywhere. Uh, so, and even private elections too. So there's a lot of potential for True Votes uh, share of elections in the world. And I think eventually like Bitcoin, it will, you will have hyper Bitcoinization, but a, a voting equivalent and it will be True Vote behind it. That's the goal. Um, and there's only one way to do it and that's open source. So. Uh, there's a way to prove that the the code. So all the all the code is pushed on GitHub, and there's a way to prove that that's the code that is running on the TrueVote servers. So there are a lot of uh, projects that claim to be decentralized. I'm not claiming to be de decentralized. That is usually a fallacy because Bitcoin is really the only truly decentralized uh, uh, product out there, other than the internet itself, which is de which is decentralized. Um, there's no, there's no, there's no like internet headquarters, right? Mm -hmm. There's no Bitcoin headquarters. There is going to be a true vote centralized service, just like there is twitter.com is a, is a centralized website. The Twitter app is a centralized app. There is true vote is centralized. That's it. That's okay. The data is all, the code is open source. The data is all available and um, there's real transparency there. There's nothing, there's the, op the fact that it's open source, I wish more products were open source. I really do. I'm just surprised more companies haven't decided we're going to open source. I guess everyone wants to protect their intellectual property, property, but I don't see the value in doing that with Truva. I don't think, I I don't want to build something that's closed source. I yeah. just feel like that just opens up too many uh, questions, what? which I don't want don't need to answer i'd rather just let the code speak for itself what would be the the biggest hurdle in decentralizing something like this in terms of running running nodes um because you know and, and just you know maybe just my brain thinking maybe a little devil's advocate here is is if you could have nodes running out there by a populace who absolutely would be incentivized to run a node so that they know that that is the actual code that they're running and everything else. Uh, is that something that would would play out in the cards, do you think? Or is this something that needs to be centralized? That's a great question. I think I could see a version two of TrueVote where it is decentralized and you have some software running on a node um, that can validate the election yourself. Um, until then, you will see all the code online and you'll be able to prove that it is the same code running in the TrueVote servers. Um, but yeah, there's potential. We'll see uh, how Lightning evolves and some of the SDKs that are being built and see how how I could evolve TrueVote from being a centralized uh, place to being decentralized. So it's not out of the question, um, but right now I just want to get version one out there, which does validate against the Bitcoin blockchain. It does allow you to vote. Um, but, but yeah, this is a long play. This isn't going to happen overnight. Um, people ask me all the time, oh, is it going to be ready for the 2024 election? And you know, that's getting a little bit ahead. Yeah. Um, but, but, but 2028, I, I think is, is, is maybe in the cards. So, uh, wow. uh okay. I'm shooting for that. 
Yeah. So, so I, I I see a very you know a, a vastly changing world. Like it, it's sped up in, in terms of where uh, where we're headed as a human species. I think, uh, especially with what we're seeing in terms of the meltdown and the foreign exchanges and the stock markets and fiat currencies around the world. I think uh, there is this really this interesting time that we're living through where this you know introduction of Bitcoin in terms of zero to one technology is going to change everything. Do you see this technology that you have uh, that that you're that you're you know building right now? Do you see that pushing Bitcoin adoption, or do you see Bitcoin adoption more pushing um, you know the the true vote technology? I hadn't thought of that, but uh, I think that when you when TrueVote is associated with Bitcoin and we and we do lead with it on our website, yeah. um, and people start using TrueVote, they're going to say, okay. This is Bitcoin. Bitcoin's good, and so I think I think it could kind of uh, help. They could help each other. Um, so that's why. I mean, I I'm super passionate about Bitcoin, like you, and and so the Bitcoin community uh, I think is is a big voice for uh, advocating true vote adoption. Um, so I, I I think it's just mutually beneficial. I'm not trying to be money, right? Bitcoin is Bitcoin is money. These other projects are. Try, they're trying to say that there's something else, but in the end, they're all uh, trying to be money by accident. Um, TrueVote's not trying to do that. We're just, a, it's a voting platform using the Bitcoin blockchain to prove the data hasn't been altered. That's it. So I'm really trying to keep it simple. Um, and, you know, one other thing I should mention is, you know, there's two big problems with voting today. One is it's <laughs> Is that all? Man, uh, can we cut for a second? Oh no! <laughs> no, you, you good? Yeah, we're we're we're, we're fine. You're gonna, are you going to edit this? Nah. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It, no, it's so staticky. I can't even hear you anymore, oh, Shane. No, that's terrible. Yeah, shoot, it's so like it's echoing like it, ridiculous. Are, are you uh, are you possibly on a uh, a Mac by any chance? If if you are, you can't hear me. I can hear oh. you barely. What are we gonna do? Um, if if you um if you have external speakers instead of no he- headphones or no nothing, you can you can you switch it to the the external side? I think that's that's weird. Right, let me try that. Is it doing the same um, thing that it was doing earlier? It is, and it's been doing it for a while. I was trying um, to like not let it bother me all this time, but it's it, it's it's getting worse for a strange reason. Okay. Um, hang on. Let me change the audio to be my speakers. All right, try now. I got you. I have you loud and clear still. It's all still, good. Still staticky. Oh, I'm sorry. Shoot. If uh, if you can if you can um hear me, I'll I'll ask you just the one last question here. Is you were going to say something about the election? What's wrong with the elections now? You had two things that were wrong. What what are those two things right now uh, that that you wanted to identify? <sighs> okay. So there's two things, there's, there's, there's at least two big important things that are wrong with elections. There's more, but the, the, the fundamental two things that uh, the voter uh, today suffers with are one, uh, it's inconvenient to vote. So whether they have to wait online or fill out a mail ballot, um, that takes too long for a lot of people and they don't, just don't wanna do it. So TrueVote solves that because it's just a mobile app. You tap a couple of choices and you hit submit and you're done. The second uh, problem that's solved is you don't know what happens to your ballot once you submit it. 
Uh, you can walk into a voting booth, submit your ballot, put your sticker on, walk out of there, but you really don't know if your vote was counted. You could put a, a ballot in the mail. You have no idea where it went. In, in Los Angeles County, you might get an email saying, uh, we received your ballot and you could look it up online that they received it, but that's as far as it goes. You don't know it was counted. So true vote fixes both those issues. Uh, it's just it, easily. Um, so uh, to me, those are big issues. I don't like the thought of I voted, but I have no idea what happened to my ballot. That's infuriating to me. Unacceptable. There are actually laws uh, in, in places like Georgia where the the law is that you have to be able to be able to mark and see what you have marked on the ballot. Whereas now we actually just have a QR code with who you voted for written out below, which is not a, a fair representation in terms of being a legible ballot because you can't read the QR code. So I think that's a, a great point that you bring up. I would say if you want to add to that into your list of uh, voting with problems is there is no uh, no way to determine accuracy of the votes taken. There's no deviation that's given. What what is acceptable within the the voting uh, you know process where they say you know if we come up with point zero zero one percent that is an acceptable deviation in terms of you know where we're at that doesn't happen at all now they just say yes the elections are good they're certified that's it um and and you know we're left at the end of the day well okay well what, what's the standard deviation what are what are we dealing with because in some of these races you know we're looking at you know literally thousands of votes uh in terms of determining who the elected official might be so um brett if this is killing your ears man and the static on that side and it's not coming through on this side so i imagine it's a probably a, a hardware problem uh somewhere along the line but uh, the, I really appreciate your time in this. I really appreciate the fact that, you know, you've seen a problem, you've seen a gap in technology and you're working. Um, I guess my, my last question, if, if I, if I may, uh, kind of tongue in cheek is, can you make sure that if whoever you sell this to, that on every ballot, there is a nota, none of the above option for everybody. <laughs> uh, that that's a whole other conversation, which I hear you on. Um, it won't be up to me. Like the people that create the, the, the secretaries of state that design the ballot, that yeah. will be an option for them. I, I don't think they'd like it if I snuck, if I snuck my own option in there, uh, they'd notice, I think, unfortunately. Um, but I hear what you're saying. You know, democracy is uh, the best form of government, except for all the rest or the worst form of government, except for all the rest. And, and the other one is, uh, I like if you that. asked two, two wolves and a chicken, what's for dinner? Uh, the chicken's a minority and he feels marginalized and, uh, you know, that's unfortunate. And so democracy is flawed. Um, but you know, it, it is flawed, but voting is also flawed and voting, voting can be unflawed by true vote. So, uh, at least we'll have that, uh, democracy itself is another, uh, issue that is out of scope for true vote. Um, I wish I could solve that. Maybe this is a good step, though, uh, towards that, because at least if we have fair, immutable elections, uh, people will feel that uh, they are living in a democracy and their vote was counted and it is accurate and it is what it is. And even if you voted for a candidate that didn't win, um, at least, you know, it was fair. So I, I, I think that's a, a long way from where we are today. And uh, I just want to see all this election uh uh, you, you know, this, uh, the skepticism in elections go away. And I want people to feel confident when they vote that, uh, their vote counts and it, and, and the results are valid. So, um, 
you know, that that's, that's what this is all about. And so I'm doing it because it needs to get done. Um, yeah. Uh, Brett, I am, uh, I'm, I'm so impressed and, and, and thank you for spending some time with me and talking about this. I've really, I, I hate, I hate that we're having technical difficulties on this one cause I could have kept going and going and going. But, uh, uh, if, if we can help you, uh, in any way, uh, what's a, a good place that we might be able to, to help fund you and, 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 and I don't know, throw you some sats or something like that. Yeah. Uh, just visit truevote.org. We have all our communications channels linked through that. Um, including GitHub where the code is pushed. Uh, I do tweet about uh, elections more and more on uh, Morris and Brett and also true vote uh, at sign true vote org. Um, I try to get true vote from Twitter and nobody's using it. Um, but for some reason they're squatting on it. Zero tweets, zero followers. Uh, I don't know anyone at Twitter right now. I used to, but uh, yeah, <laughs> now I do maybe. Again. Yeah, I was going to say, um, maybe you do again. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, hey, brother, I, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, maybe we can uh, link up again sometime in the near future as this thing kind of progresses and uh, we'll have we'll have better audio quality between each other. But uh, thank you very much for your time, Brett. And uh, until next time, ladies and gents, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take